Welcome to the Times of Israel's Daily Briefing. Today is November 30th, day 55 of the war with Hamas. Amanda Borshel Dan here with Zman Yisrael editor Birani Gorin and military correspondent Emmanuel Fabian. Hello to you both. Hi, Amanda. Hi, Amanda. Manny will update us on the deadly terrorist shooting in the Capitol this morning. We'll also hear about the status and violations of the ceasefire inside Gaza and a nighttime raid in the West Bank that Manny was witness to. Bira will update us on the number of hostages still in Gaza, including the beautiful red-headed Bibas babies, as well as reports on how they're being treated. All this and more when we're back. Do you or your clients have a commercial collection matter that's going nowhere? The Sarachuk Law Firm specializes in the most challenging collection matters, whether it is a single matter or a portfolio of cases. They are based in New York with relationships around the world. Sarachuk's proprietary databases and tried and proven methods have earned them an unmatched reputation for success in getting their clients what they're owed. They work on a contingency fee basis, so they're only compensated when they succeed. The Sarachek Law Team strongly supports Israel. You can reach the Sarachek Team at www.sarachecklawfirm.com. That's S-A-R-A-C-H-E-K lawfirm.com or at 646-403-9775. The proceeding is an attorney advertisement and past results are no guarantee of future performance. Three people were killed and six were wounded, two of them seriously in a terrorist shooting attack at the entrance to Jerusalem this morning. Manny, I understand that the terrorists themselves were eliminated at the scene by security forces and bystanders. What else can you tell us about this morning's attack? At around uh, 7.40 a.m., these uh, two uh, Palestinian gunmen got out of a a vehicle uh, at the main entrance to Jerusalem where uh, people were waiting at a bus stop. Uh, They opened fire at people there, killing uh, three people, like you mentioned. Um, We don't have their names yet, um, but um, we're talking about a 24-year-old woman uh, and two elderly uh, people, one man, one woman. Um, The the two attackers um, were shot dead by uh, two off-duty soldiers and an armed civilian who were in the area. Uh, and according to the Shin Bet, um, they are brothers, um, Muhad Namer and Ibrahim Namer, uh, from East Jerusalem, and they are uh, both members of Hamas uh, and were previously jailed for uh, terror activity. Um, Murad was jailed for 10 years between 2010 and 2020 uh, for planning terror attacks uh, and being in contact with the terror elements in Gaza. Uh, and Ibrahim j- was jailed in 2014 for other uh, terror activity. Both were were killed uh, at the scene by uh, security forces. Let's talk about the fragile ceasefire that's still holding in Gaza. As of this morning, it appears that we have another day of ceasefire. Who knows how many more? But we're also hearing about increased reports of Hamas violations. So how is the IDF weighing how to respond here during this time? There have been uh, a number of Hamas violations of the ceasefire in Gaza. Uh, a couple of days ago, we saw Hamas claim that Israel violated the ceasefire. They didn't really elaborate further. 
and then they uh, carried out attacks against soldiers. They set off two bombs uh, against troops in two separate areas of northern Gaza, uh, injuring a number of soldiers. The army did uh, return fire at them. And then um, yesterday, uh, we saw another incident. The army didn't provide the exact details, uh, but it said that it had killed three uh, Palestinian uh, gunmen, terror operatives who had tried to attack the forces uh, in northern Gaza, um, and the army said that the the soldiers were uh, within the agreed upon ceasefire lines. They had not been uh, they they had not been the ones to break the ceasefire, but it was indeed Hamas. Um, and the army is uh, really trying to keep things um, to try and keep the deal ongoing, the the ceasefire deal that would that cease. Uh, Hamas releasing hostages, uh, and despite these violations by Hamas, um, the army is not um, sort of relaunching uh, the ground offensive. They're not responding with sort of a, uh, an airstrike or, or something on Hamas, but rather just responding to that in individual uh, incident to those attackers to prevent them from uh, harming Israeli forces. Um, and really trying to maintain this uh, this ceasefire even though we're seeing uh, these violations. So along with this fragile ceasefire, as you said, we are seeing the release of hostages every day, sometimes with a huge delay. And the updated list of hostages to be freed today has made it to its way to Israel. And we're hearing that it's only eight hostages, living hostages, six women and two children, and that the two Israeli-Russian women who were released last night make up the list of 10 that was agreed upon in the ceasefire deal. Now, do you expect more huge delays similar to yesterday or any other kind of uh, strange business today as the hostages are hopefully released? We've already seen a, a sort of a delay in the process that led that is led to this extra day of the ceasefire. Uh, the ceasefire was supposed to expire at 7am uh, and overnight um, Israel did not confirm it had received the list of the next uh, set of hostages. Uh, only really moments before 7am, before the ceasefire was supposed to expire, uh, did Israel receive the list. Uh, I think 10 or 15 minutes before 7am uh, was the list received. Uh, and now Israel's going over it. it. I mean, it went over it and then it contacted the families of those who are going to be released. Um, but later tonight, when when these uh, hostages are indeed released, we're likely to see delays like uh, as usual. I mean, the last few days have never been on time at all. So likely the same thing. Um, what we know is um, that this this list is only um, only includes eight uh, and not ten uh, hostages. Yesterday, two Russian Israelis were released as part of a separate deal uh, with Moscow. Um, and there are reports that um, some some bodies will also be released today by Hamas, and that maybe make up the um, the, the missing of, sort of from the from the ten that Hamas is supposed to release as part of the uh, the agreement with Israel. Okay, we're going to return to the topic of the hostages with Bira after the break. But before that, Manny, we've spoken a lot on the podcast about the uptick in IDF presence in the West Bank, including the use of aerial strikes. And you joined a ride-along in Beit Furik between Monday and Tuesday. So first of all, where is Beit Furik and what did you see happening on the ground? Uh, Beit Furik is just uh, south of, uh, of Nablus, in the northern West Bank, it's a um, it's it's a town. It's not a, a large city, 
uh, has around 12,000 residents, very um, relatively densely packed, lots of winding and small roads. Um, and I joined reservist forces who were carrying out uh, a relatively large uh, arrest operation uh, in the um, in the town. Around 100 soldiers were involved in this operation, uh, and they had 17 wanted Palestinians that they were uh, aiming to detain. Uh, by the end of the night, 12 of them um, were arrested. Um, some of them weren't home. Uh, one of them, um, the family claimed that he had not lived in the country for five years. Um, and with those that they, they that weren't home, they left letters calling on them to, to turn themselves in. Uh, and it was very interesting to see firsthand exactly how uh, these arrest raids are carried out. Um, we drove from uh, between the different locations where the soldiers were operating. Um, some of these uh, suspects were arrested with very little uh, resistance. They just agreed to to, to be taken. Uh, their hands were tied. They were blindfolded, and the soldiers verified their identities. Uh, others were were not so keen on on joining the soldiers, and a, a little bit of force had to had to have been used to pull them out of their homes uh, and take them to the armored vehicle to take them uh, later to the Shimbet to be interrogated. Uh, according to the army, six of the of the twelve were Hamas members, and that has been largely the focus of these arrest operations in the West Bank is to detain uh, Hamas members. The others were uh, members of other terror groups and people who are. Uh, accused of being instigators in rioting, those are involved in throwing stones at Israeli cars and Molotov cocktails and setting off explosive devices. Um, and all of them will be interrogated. Uh, since the beginning of the war, around 2,000 Palestinians have been arrested in the West Bank, uh, more than half of them affiliated with Hamas. Um, and uh, it's it's important to note that while we have seen quite a, a, a high uh, death toll on the Palestinian side, the number of actual terror attacks being carried out is uh, quite low in the West Bank recently. Uh, and the army has explained it as their operations um, are actually reducing the number of terror attacks. Um, but when they operate in the um, Palestinian cities like Janine and, and in Nablus, especially in the refugee camps, uh, there is always a lot of um, fighting uh, from uh, the Palestinians trying to, to shoot at Israeli forces. Uh, like you mentioned, airstrikes being carried out. In Betfurik, there was very, very little. There was basically no rioting. A couple of Palestinian boys threw stones at the armored vehicle on the way, which was basically ignored by the soldiers. It wasn't uh, anything too significant. Um, but we do still see uh, large arrest raids being carried out with a lot of violence. Uh, just yesterday, we saw four Palestinians killed. Two of them were wanted. Uh, and the other two were were uh, apparently involved in the rioting amid the arrest operation uh, in Janine. Um, and uh, this is uh, going to continue as and the army's uh, really trying to to quell some sort of potential new front in the West Bank uh, by carrying out these these arrest raids to really capture anyone who is uh, planning attacks or involved with Hamas. Many, thank you for all your updates. Thank you. We'll go to a short break. The world we live in isn't perfect, but it doesn't get better on its own. That's where the work of activists comes in. Whether it's environmental justice, animal rights, or disability advocacy, there are people all around the world striving to make it a better place. That's where All About Change comes in. Host Jay Ruderman talks with activists about how they do what they do and what inspires them to keep going. Because activism is all about change. Listen to All About Change wherever you get your podcasts. 
and we're back. Raz Benami, but not her husband Ohad, Yardin Roman, Liat Atsili, but not her husband Aviv, Moran Stalayanai, Liam Ur, but not his uncle Dror, Itai Regev, Ophir Engel, Amit Shani, Gali Tarshansky, Raya Rotem, Yelena Trupanov and her mother Irena Tati, but not son Sasha, and his girlfriend, Sapir Cohen. These are the hostages that were released last night. Now, Bira, Hamas's military wing has told us that Shiri Bibas and her children, four-year-old Ariel and 10-month-old Kfir, were killed in an Israeli strike during the war in the Strip. We've been lied to before when it comes to hostage death. So, I wonder, and everyone in the world is looking out for these two beautiful red-headed babies. Do you think that this is more psychological warfare, or could there sadly be truth to this? It's absolutely impossible for me to tell you. I mean, for all intent and purpose, until we see, until we see people alive or dead, we don't really know anything about their conditions. My guess is that the army may have some military, inf- some intelligence information. And yesterday, when Hamas uh, announced that the three are dead, the IDF said that they are checking the veracity of of those claims. We do know that today, as part of the release today, we're scheduled to see six women and two underaged uh, released, along with three bodies that are going to be returned to Israel. So I'm just speculating. I don't have, and this is a very dangerous speculation to make, but, uh, you know, the, the assumption is that perhaps those three bodies are indeed the bodies of Shiri Bibas and her two redheaded, beautiful kids. As I mentioned, we have been lied to before. So let's concentrate on the numbers that we do know about that are in the Strip right now. How many hostages are still there? The number keeps changing one up, one down. Before yesterday's hostage release, the number that the IDF spokesman uh, said was 159. Now, I did the math and I also asked the IDF spokesman for some clarifications. So we know that yesterday, 16 people were released. 12 Israelis, two of them with a Russian uh, a second citizenship and four Thai citizens. So we know that 16 were released yesterday. So 159 minus 16 is 140. Help me, 143. <laughs> <laughs> Bira, there's a reason why I'm in journalism and it has uh, you know, a lot to do with not being able to add up numbers. <laughs> I'm actually really good with math, but not when it comes to the heart. So 143. However, those don't include the four longer uh, held hostages, which is Avera Mangisto, Hisham Saeed, and the bodies of Oon Shaul and Hadar Goldin, who've been there for nine years. So we do add those up to the numbers, which takes us to 147. Today, we're scheduled, as I said, to receive eight um, eight women and children. So that'll take us down to 139. And if indeed we also receive three bodies, that'll take us down to 136. So that's the working number right now. Um, the good news I can give is that according to information uh, that the army has, the 
they are they believe that the vast majority of those held in captivity are still alive so um the approximately something like at least 120 something are are still alive so that's the good news so that leads to the question of how are they being treated those who are still alive what are we hearing bera that's the worrying part because we've heard stories come out of how children and women have been treated from um, emily hands amazing stories her father has been telling she's whispering she can't talk aloud at all she actually learned the arabic word for be quiet uskut which is crazy for a nine-year-old to learn um she she hides under her blanket and doesn't want to go out so that's it gives you um an insight into what she's been through other stories you know the um of a kid being for being alone in a single room for 23 days not seeing anyone an elderly woman who's sick who was being held for 12 days in a room without even a window in it so you know we're not even going into physical damage and you know some of the some of the hostages came back they're all malnutritioned uh to to, to the extent that uh, a lot of them had to stay in hospital for several days just to take care of that but some of them also came back with serious injuries um Elma Abraham that was released four days ago was on the brink of dying when she came back. She was in a, in a serious state. Um, Maya Regev, who came back, her leg is shattered. They, they had to uh, operate on it and and put some pins and, and stuff to, to put it back in a way. So that's what we know for now. And the, the worrying part about it is obviously that we don't know how they're treating the soldiers and the men who, you know, by nature will probably get more wrath uh, than little kids and women. So we, that's very worrying. There's no question that we we have to, we you know, we have to remember that there's been a lot of joy in seeing uh the release of hostages it's been you know it's been a roller coaster ride for one minute you're just crying your eyes out because something sad happened and the next moment you're crying your eyes out because something great is happening and in short we can just say we're crying our, our eyes out 24 7 but we've received so far 95 back and with tonight it'll be another eight or eleven so we're not even halfway, you know, we're, there's still more, there's about, uh, as I said, about 130 plus still there compared to the 100 plus that we have received back. So it is worrying, you know, time is of the essence and, and the situation and what the hostages that do come back describe just makes it clear that every day matters that time is running out for for many of them we know that some of them um, were captured uh injured or wounded um so that makes us wonder what their situation is like did they get treated uh, did they get treated well uh one of the hostages that is slated to return today uh we know that she was uh treated and even um even underwent surgery there but we don't know if it was a good treatment or not we'll find out later 
So all of that is is concerning, uh, to say the least. One of the things that occurs to me often when I'm reading out the names of those who have been released and those who are left behind is that it's quite likely that we're not getting the full story of their treatment for fear that those who are left behind will get reprisal if word gets out to Hamas that their stories are accurately being told. What do you think of that? That's the natural thing to think. I don't know. I I honestly don't know what they think. I also don't think that at the point where they're released, only until later, they actually know from what we've picked up, they don't actually know who's been kidnapped. If, it, if, if they weren't together, then they don't necessarily know who's there and who's not. It, it, it occurred to me because yesterday there was one of the most powerful images I've seen a couple of days ago when Rimon Kirsch was uh, was released and Hamas has been parading the release of 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 the hostages and literally giving them direction like uh, smile wave your hand say hello say thank you walk together and just really just producing this whole PR movie for him for itself and at the point where they're being taken from their own cars to and given to the uh, Red Cross. And then suddenly, a couple of days ago, Rimon Kirst was um, released and she got out of the car. And I don't know what the Hamas um, terrorist told her, but she looked him in the eyes and it was like it was an F.U. kind of uh, reaction. And she held her head high and started walking. And it was just so powerful and such a message. And then you think at the same time, does she know that her husband is there? So naturally, I don't think she was with him. Does she know at that point that her husband is still held behind? So I don't know what they're thinking. I think, um, look, to be honest, I don't think that anything that a, a hostage will say here will affect their loved one's fate in Gaza. Hamas are, Hamas is treating people like pawns. And it's using it to its own benefit as cards in a game. And it's very, it's not emotional. You know, it's not, it's not vindictive. It's not going to kill someone because another hostage said something. It's going to use it. The Bibas family has become probably the most symbolic family. You know, who can ever forget a 10 months old, nine months when he, it, when he was captured by now an 11 month old baby with such red hair with such big smile and happiness and you know being captured and the whole we've had a video one of the most clearer videos of the captures was of that family so it, it's just etched in our hearts and i think worldwide and to begin with you know you're asking yourself you know, we, we thought that they're not being released because Hamas is holding them as, as a prized card, as their ace, you know, something that you know that you could keep and that way like a carrot and dangle it in front of Israel to, to, to get what you want. That's why that's why the, 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 the idea and the notion that they're killed just doesn't make sense. We don't want to believe it. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense that probably one of the, the 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 most symbolic of all hostages will actually have been killed. So it doesn't make sense and we don't want to believe it. 
But then nothing about Hamas makes sense. And we keep have to remind ourselves that we we look at them and we think about them and we react to them as if they're normal people that are doing bad things. They're not normal people doing bad things. They're a terrorist group. They're horrible. There's no there's no moral and no logic in the way that they operate that you could relate to and understand. So therefore, you know, it, we shouldn't ever forget that when we deal with them. That that they, you know, you say that they have they have lied before. We know that they have. We know that they've lied before. Hell, they raped, they killed, they slaughtered, and they took hostage. Why do we think lying is such a you know hard thing for them to do? So we we need to take all of that into consideration, and we need to know that we don't really know anything until somebody walks to us alive, or sadly comes to us back in a coffin. Bira, thank you for all of that. Thanks, Amanda. Thanks for listening to the Times of Israel's Daily Briefing. Please check out another installment tomorrow. This episode was produced by The Podwaves. If you have a question or comment about this or other episodes, please drop us an email at podcast at timesofisrael.com. Until tomorrow, shalom. <laughs>